At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of canna bias, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and you are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Liz Gale. She's the owner of Gale Search Partners, a talent recruitment firm specializing in finding qualified personnel for highly regulated industries with a focus on positions in sales, marketing, strategy, and planning, compliance, finance, accounting, and administrative roles. She does a whole lot. How are you doing this afternoon, Liz? Hi, TG. Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, as I was mentioning, you know, before we hit the play button, um, you know, this is something that I'm really far removed of, but it's it's really um, exciting for me to, to get to talk about this and, and to get into some of the details. But before we get into the details of what you do uh, with Gale Search Partners, tell me about you. What's your background and how did you end up in the cannabis space? Sure. So I've been working in human resources and recruiting for my entire career um, in many facets. While concurrently uh, being a medicinal and recreational cannabis user. So, up until beginning Gale Search Partners, at times it felt like I was living a double life. Um, I had such a passion and belief in the benefits of cannabis. It was heartbreaking in my professional life to have to rescind job offers or turn talented people away given their, their cannabis use. So, with my background in HR and recruiting for the adult beverage industry, 
Um, I saw an obvious correlation between cannabis and alcohol in terms of the regulatory side of the business and getting this product out to the masses in a, in a responsible way, um, you know, utilizing that three-tier system that we already have in the in alcohol industry. So um, given my background and, and passion for the alcohol industry as well as the cannabis industry, it was a natural progression for me to focus my firm on the, on the two industries. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, be able to, to show individuals and, and companies out there that the two industries can continue to collaborate and coexist. So, so what do you guys do over there? You know, to tell me about the process, um, you know, for people who might not be familiar with what recruiters actually do. Sure. So we provide high caliber, mid-level to C-level talent, primarily within sales, marketing, compliance, strategy and planning, finance and accounting roles. Um, and we really, um, you know, we don't take the methodology of, of posting and praying. We will post jobs from time to time, but quite honestly, 90% of what we're working on, we don't post. We go through our, our network of individuals that we have relationships with. We are firm believers in, in having strong relationships, not only only with our candidates and but our clients as well. Um, you know, with with the 15 plus years of experience that I've personally had in recruiting, I have candidates that I've placed, you know, two or three times throughout their career because they trust me and they trust that when I bring them an opportunity, it's for the right reasons. It's not just simply uh, you know, a monetary increase. It's something that's going to progress their career or, um, you know, give them something else that they've been looking for in terms of their next step in their career. And from the client side, you know, we, we really get to know, um, both, both what they're looking for in current state, as well as their future goals. Um, you know, obviously we're looking for long-term commitments, um, from candidates when they're, they're placed at our clients' companies. So in order to, um, have that happen successfully, we need to learn as much as we can, not only about what the goals are today, but what you're going to be doing two years from now, three years from now, so we can keep those candidates engaged and, and actively excited about the opportunities um, and finding um, how those those relationships can really um, collaborate and work well together, You know, not only in skill set, but also personality those things that aren't listed on a job description that are so important to realize, you know, if people are going to get along, want to have a, have a beer with each other outside of work, all of those things are really important and make people want to get up and, and go to work every day. Um, you, you had mentioned, you had mentioned trust. And I think that that's, that's uh, sort of very interesting that you bring that up. How do you build that trust in such a nascent industry? Well, you know, what I found is, um, being somebody who understands and the plant and understands the benefits, um, you know, and, I, and I'm a user. I, I'm not somebody who's coming in um, at the at the eleventh hour into the industry and saying, "Hey, I, I want to be a part of this." I've been a part of the industry for many years, just underground. You know, as a human resource professional, I had to be very, very careful because I am very, very passionate about the benefits of cannabis, but I couldn't say that out loud when I worked in human resources and I was giving people drug tests. Um, so, you know, it's it's been um, that that type of um, transparency in, in being very, very open with both clients and candidates and saying, hey, you're not going to like everything that I tell you about this client or about this candidate, but when your relationship starts and everything works out and they're hired on that first day, both parties 
know what to expect. And I know that's a very different approach than a lot of other um, recruitment companies take. But, you know, given the fact that we're looking for long term placements, uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in it's a relationship. We all want to go into any relationship with eyes wide open and knowing what to expect as much as we possibly can. Everybody has faults, whether you're a company or whether you're a candidate. Um, so rather than focus on the faults, let's look at them as opportunities and how we can bring them into the conversation and, and really focus on the positive aspects of both the company and the, and the candidate, and then work through those areas of opportunity together so that we can have a successful outcome. So what was the transition like for you? You know, go, you know, you have this HR background. You also obviously very passionate about cannabis. Um, you know, can, can you sort of describe to me that transition, you know, from sort of the, the suit and tie real world, I guess, to, to the cannabis industry, which well is still, you know, obviously a serious business. Uh, the culture is a little bit different, I reckon. Well, you know, it was interesting because I, I knew I was going out on my own um, to open up my own recruitment firm and had given several months notice um, to my employer and at no fault of their own. Um, there was a situation where we had hired somebody very, very talented and the person knew that they were going to go in for, for a drug screen and reached out and said, you know, I don't want to waste your time. I just want to let you know I'm a medicinal cannabis user. I have insomnia. And um, I don't believe in taking Ambien. I, I would rather take an edible before I go to bed, but I can guarantee you I'll never be under the influence at work and you know, said all the right things and, and shared information that they didn't need to share health-wise. And when I went to legal counsel, um, they were adamant. We have a zero tolerance policy, doesn't matter. We can't have it. We're a highly regulated industry. Sorry, we're rescinding the job offer. Now, I'd had that happen, you know, several times throughout my career. Um, but, you know, knowing that recreation, well, having a strong feeling that recreational legalization was was coming very, very quickly to California, I just had this sinking feeling in my gut and couldn't do it anymore. And I, I'll never forget sitting in that meeting and thinking to myself, not only am I absolutely going out on my own to start my recruitment firm, but I need to make sure that people understand that very professional, um, successful individuals use cannabis. I'm one of them. And instead of hiding, I'm going to start being very vocal about the fact that in industry, just like anything else, and of course, there's, there's some pain points, but there was with alcohol pre-prohibition as well. And we got through that and we got through that with some very talented people. So it's more, again, just about the passion for recruiting and human resources, the passion for the cannabis industry and, and really knowing um, that there's more individuals like me, like people in my personal circle that I've had for 20 years that smoke cannabis and vape cannabis with me, um, that you can be successful and can be very driven and be a cannabis user. And you shouldn't be judged for that. So that's really, you know, what drove me to start Gale Search Partners as a, as a cannabis recruitment firm, along with the adult beverage side. Um, and the transition wasn't easy. The, the first, you know, 10 months or so, a lot of alcohol companies actually told me they didn't want to work with me because of my belief in association with the cannabis industry. Um, fast forward to now, and you know, as we all know, there are a lot of um, alcohol companies that have now made the transition and are starting to make acquisitions and mergers and investments. 
and and all of a sudden people want to hear what I have to say, which is great. Um, but you know that was that was definitely a, a tough road. Um, those, those clients, some of them have come back around. You know, others haven't, and that's okay. I, I completely understand that. But but that's it. Definitely was a tough road. So, how much of what you do now is has become sort of this? Uh, I don't know, advocate for normalization, if you will. Um, it seems like, you know, you've, you've done a lot of uh, heavy lifting in terms of, of sort of ringing that normalization bell. You know, I don't mean to, but I, I, when I'm passionate about something, I just, I speak about it. I'm, I'm a very, very transparent person. I, I, speak my mind. So, um, and I think that helps right with the, with the trust, um, side too, to go back to your question prior, when somebody tells you exactly how they feel all the time, it's probably easier to trust them because you always know what you're going to get. It's the truth. (laughs) So I, I, you know, even, even in my human resources days, I say, I wouldn't speak up, but I, I did. Right. I would say, okay, guys, let's, let's stop and think about this. We're sending people home with half open bottles of alcohol, <laughs> but we can't have them have a medicinal card so they can pour wine. But I was one person in a, in a huge company that's highly regulated. So again, I don't fault that company or any others like them. Um, but my hope is that with more education and, and more, um, you know, people like me and, and people coming out of other industries who have this strong interest in going to the cannabis industry, all of us together can really help change that stigma. This is really fascinating stuff. I, I, I do want to switch gears a little bit um, and, and talk to you about, uh, you know, what you look for. Uh, what qualities and qualifications uh, do you look for in executive talent? And how have you adapted that eye for the cannabis space? Sure. So, you know, what I found to be most successful for both the client and the candidate um, is when the candidate has, you know, a a passion or a belief in the plant. You don't necessarily have to be a consumer, but my joke is, and it's not really a joke, to every candidate who always says to me, I'm not a consumer, my response to them is not yet. And the reason why I say that, you know, obviously I'm very passionate, but the reason why I say that is people don't understand that you're, you don't have to get high. You can use a salve. You could use a topical. Um, you know, there's so many things that, that can happen with this, this plant that, that are going to alleviate pain or, or whatever they're going to do for you. I truly believe that yet you're not yet. You're not yet. You haven't found whatever it is that's your, you know, the the magic thing for you, so to speak. So, you know, finding people that are open minded enough when I say things like that, they laugh and say, yeah, you're probably right versus no, you know, I I will never. If you're not flexible, the cannabis industry probably isn't for you because things change every day (laughs) and they'll continue to change for quite a while as as, you know, things continue to get um, you know, fleshed out. So, you know, belief in the plant in one form or another, maybe they've had a family member who benefit from it. Maybe, um, you know, they've, they've, they're passionate about, um, you know, what it can do for children when they're having seizures, whatever that is, that's very important. Also resilience, um, you know, being able to 
um, you know, pick yourself up and brush yourself off after coming across a challenge. As we all know, there's consistent challenges in the cannabis industry, whether it's, you know, at the state level or federally, there's always going to be something um, in the next couple of years, at least that's, that's going to be a challenge. So how have you um, taken on challenges in the past? Have you, you know, risen to the occasion or have you been um, pretty discouraged and, and given up? Um, and are also just on a, a cultural level, um, if there's somebody who is looking for an incredible amount of structure, that's also something that is a long conversation that we have with them. Um, not that there isn't structure in the cannabis industry, but again, going back to things that are constantly changing, um, structure changes when when things are constantly evolving and changing as well. So it's great to have structure, but can you pivot on a dime and still produce results and still be a nice human being and still treat people with respect rather than, um, you know, getting upset and impatient and not, and, and that's kind of, kind of some of the core things we look for. But again, it really depends on the role itself. And because we focus on mid-level all the way up to the C-level talent, there's also that professional acumen. Um, and again, with the cannabis industry, it's a professional acumen, but it's also being able to break bread with people and um, understand that the cannabis culture is one that isn't quick to trust. They want to make sure that you're a genuine person, that you are who you say you are, um, that you're not somebody coming into the industry right at this moment, hoping to make big bucks, right? Because many people haven't made a ton of money in the industry. They've been doing it to, to help people. So those are some of the primary things we look for. From which sector are you seeing the most demand? Is it sales? Is it finance? You know, who's, who's looking for what sort of the most right now? Sales is definitely um, the area where we see the most um, most growth and the most business in the most revenue generated. Right? I mean, if you if you have talented salespeople, um, then obviously you know revenue and market share is going to increase. Um, so many cannabis companies are, are are not branded extremely well, so those relationships are still incredibly important, even though we're, we're recreational now, those individuals that have relationships at dispensaries, or if they don't, they know how to creatively go after them. Um, or, you know, looking into the CBD area, uh, candidates who have called on health and wellness or C stores, convenience stores, um, you know, those types of things are, are really attractive a lot of times in the cannabis space because of the distribution and, and logistics and, and, and so forth. So sales is really kind of the, the hot the hot area um, for our particular recruitment firm. And, and from the other side, the thing that's really interesting too, which I which I see um, you know as, as a great thing is you know I've talked a lot in, in, in other areas about um, the fact that the cannabis industry needs better branding. you know very few times do we have a screaming product with scream and branding. We usually have one or the other. Or they'll throw a um, a celebrity, you know, on their on their um, licensing agreement, and that's supposed to work magic. And sometimes it does, right? But but marketing is an area where, in my opinion, the cannabis industry really, really has a lot of room to grow. Um, and so where I get excited is I can't tell you the number of incredibly talented marketing people we have coming out of adult bev, pharma, tobacco, um, healthcare, 
that are just chomping at the bit to get into the cannabis industry. And I think that's fantastic because the cannabis industry is is right on that on that trajectory of, of being ready and, and having the, the revenue to be able to do so. Um, but I think it's just a natural progression, right? Sales sales is 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 what companies typically want to start with and then go into marketing. My personal opinion, you need both. It's hard to have good sales if your marketing isn't great. Um, but, you know, understanding that they, that they need to build revenue and, and helping support clients and, and finding those those candidates who have either backgrounds in cannabis already and have the relationships or are coming from another industry and are bringing in a skill set that's, that's going to be very fruitful for this particular client. So... You- you, you mentioned, you know, how important sales and marketing are. Uh, is there any sector that's particularly overlooked when people start building their teams? I think, you know, I'm not saying anything new here, but compliance. Um, the compliance across the board is obviously incredibly important, but it, it's not just in the, um, you know, the, the manufacturing, the distribution. It also needs to carry over into the human resources side. You know, most of these companies are are too small and, and don't don't need a full-time human resources person. I, I you know, I, I, I see that, right? If you if you have under 15 employees, it, it really doesn't make sense to have somebody full-time on payroll for HR. But having a compliance person who has that kind of lens, who's looking at compliance across the entire organization, including human resources and hiring practices and how you treat your employees. I think is is overlooked and and you know I I advise my clients many many times you know we help with hiring and 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 that sort of thing but in terms of employment law there needs to be um, a lot more attention paid to that in my opinion. So do you is it is it challenging for for you and for firms uh, for companies to find? talented individuals that can wear these multiple hats. You know, you've mentioned people who are in sales should also know a bit of marketing and people who are in compliance should also know a bit of HR. Um, is, is this something that you see very frequently and, and is it a challenge to find these individuals? It is because so many people, it's just a natural progression. You, you, you go down a career path and you, you start doing well. And so you, you, you know, especially with, if you've worked with larger companies, larger companies tend to put you on a, on a path where you're, you're continuing to learn, you know, the, the same thing, just more senior level aspects of that particular role. So, you know, people that have had multiple careers, um, are a good fit in the cannabis industry because they can wear many hats. So that's where a lot of candidates are actually attracted to the cannabis industry is where other companies are telling them, hey, I don't know what your background is because you've done a little bit of everything, so I don't know where to put you. The cannabis companies are saying, heck yes, that's amazing. You've done a little bit of everything and we need everything, so come on over, <laughs> right? So it's it's really been nice to see in my career as a recruiter, so many times I had to turn people away because they had a varied background. Now I can reach out to them and say, hey, guess what? We have companies that are celebrating the fact that you have a varied background background. So you talk about varied backgrounds and and do you get a lot of sort of non-traditional people to fill these roles, you know, because so much of this industry for so long was, you know, illicit. Um, I'm not saying, you know, do you get, do you get a bunch of felons and and that sort of thing knocking on your door, but, but do you get people from sort of more non-traditional backgrounds to fill these roles because of what they did, you know, maybe when the market wasn't so legal? 
You know, it's interesting. We have candidates across the board, you know, who have been lifers in the industry to people who have never had any experience with cannabis, right? So our candidates run the entire gamut. But in terms of where we're most successful and and where our sweet spot tends to be is a lot of times companies are looking to my firm to bring in talent who um, can bring in some of that corporate experience or bring in some really screaming, you know, consumer packaged goods training. There are a lot of consumer packaged goods and adult beverage companies out there that have, you know, world renowned training. And now these cannabis companies are able to attract that talent. And, you know, I've heard this several times, you know, Liz will teach them cannabis. We want them to teach us how to run a CPG company. And I think that's amazing, right? To, to, to really be able to look at cannabis as a consumer packaged good. It is right. It, it is. And, and to really bring it more to that um, consumer facing forefront in order to do that. A lot of companies see the need to bring in people that have done the same thing, whether it's with alcohol or with toothpaste or with pharmaceuticals or, or whatever it is, cigarettes, right? And, and that's typically the most attractive type of candidate because if you're coming from a highly regulated industry already, most likely you're not going to get as easily frustrated with the regulatory side of cannabis. You're going to understand it and you're already going to be um, well-versed in being able to pivot very quickly on creating new ideas and new solutions when a law changes for no good reason and you have to still get product out to the masses. It's really, really interesting. Um, Are there any common traits among executives that make the switch to the cannabis space? People that are willing to take a calculated risk. Um, We've come a long way just even in the last six to 12 months in terms of compensation packages in the cannabis industry. But banking is still an issue, right? So there, we don't have huge compensation packages with 401k, equity, life insurance. I mean, many companies do. But when you're coming from pharma or adult bev, you're, you're going to have to give something up to become you know, an employee in, in this incredibly exciting industry. Um, so that's one of the, the tough conversations we typically have early on is, you know, what are you looking to accomplish in in getting into the cannabis industry to really make sure that we're, again, making the the match for the right reasons. So once we determine, um, you know, again, that that they're they're looking to get into the industry for, you know, a passion, a a belief in wanting to remove the stigma, um, to to bring, you know, the the cannabis to the consumer in in a different way, that's really you know, where we start the conversation, start looking at where they might be a match with our, with our clients. Um, you know, secondarily after that, it really goes a little bit more into their particular skill set, right? Accounting and finance. Um, we've, you know, have a lot of experience in accounting and finance as well. And, um, a lot of the regulatory side of accounting and finance, um, is, you know, transferable over to cannabis, but there's a lot of uh, nuances in cannabis that are, that are different. So a lot of people in accounting and finance are kind of scratching their head saying, okay, this is an interesting problem to have and in wanting to, to help figure out 
how to um, create solutions. So, you know, again, being a, a solution oriented person, being open minded, being flexible and being passionate about um the benefits of cannabis are, are really the initial things we look for, and then a deeper dive into their actual skill set. So you you mentioned risk and, and sort of explain you know what what that risk is for a lot of folks uh, that you come in contact with that, that you're potentially recruiting. What kind of questions uh, do people ask about this? This is something that I, that I'm very interested in in, in sort of. From from your perspective, you know what what questions do you get a lot by people who are you know dipping their toes in considering getting in into the cannabis industry when it comes to this risk specifically? Well, I don't know about questions specifically, but the thing that always I, I find really really interesting is um, a lot of people will say, "Oh, absolutely, I'm a risk taker, and I want to get in the industry and." I'm, you know, absolutely willing to take a risk, but I'm not going to go back on my compensation, <laughs> but I want equity. <laughs> and that one always cracks me up. It's like, okay, well, companies don't give equity just because they give equity because you're taking a risk and you believe you're one of the you know first umpteen employees and you're help, helping build, um, build the company out. So I think that's probably the, the biggest um, obstacle and, and issue is it, Candidates seem to think that this is a, a, an easy way to get rich quick and that every single cannabis company out there is offering equity and they're offering equity on top of the consumer packaged goods salary you currently have today, which is just not, <laughs> it's just not, it's not, it's not logical and it's not realistic. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of conversations end after that when they realize, okay, I'm going to have to stay, take a step back in one form or another on my compensation in order to gain equity, or I may not gain equity, but I'll have the same compensation package. That's, that's been you know, the primary risk for them. And then, you know, it goes, it, it, it varies again, you know, cannabis companies are all over the board now where many of them can offer benefits, can offer, you know, strong bonus programs and things like that. Um, so that that's been significantly better just in the last six months. So what advice do you have for these mid-level to C-level uh, executives that are interested in entering the cannabis space that might be listening today? My advice would be that the industry absolutely um, is hungry for talent um, and capabilities. But at the same time, there's, there's you know, a, an ultimate respect for the individuals who have built these companies have taken the extreme risk to operate companies, you know, in, in an environment which, um, you know, wasn't federally legal or isn't federally legal and, and many times wasn't legal at the, at the state level. And they've gone through an extreme amount of, of hard work um, and, and, you know, financing and, and raising capital in order to have these, these companies. So, you know, as much as I absolutely love bringing in individuals from outside industries into the cannabis industry, um, I also want to make sure that, that those individuals understand that we really do need to pay homage to these, to these people. They've, they've put their livelihoods at risk so that the rest of us can have, um, you know, cannabis as a consumer product. So having that respect early on in the conversations with these individuals, you know, the owners of these companies, the, the founders of these companies, and really understanding where they're coming from 
in addition to selling yourself and how your past experience and your education is going to be good for their organization, having that that respect at the same time. And, and I think that's what I hear a lot of times from my from my clients is sometimes they get turned off from people outside of the industry because people come in as a um, this is how things need to be done. And it's hard to come in that way when you don't have any you know, professional experience or maybe even any personal experience in the industry. So, you know, again, going back to, to something I said earlier, having that mutual respect and and making sure we can build that trust between client and candidate so that there's a, a mutually respectful uh, relationship, you know, throughout the entire process. But it starts, you know, with us very early on with candidates. If candidates are are wanting to come in and run the show at a cannabis company, you've had no experience in the cannabis industry. That's going to be a tough sell. And and so, you know, you'd said that some companies are might be a little hesitant about bringing in, you know, people outside the space. What advice do you have for companies who are looking for this executive high level talent? I think they should be more open-minded, and, and most of them are, but they should be more open-minded to people coming out of the space, um, out of the industry. You know, there's there's kind of a, um, a an old saying that a lot of recruiters know and, and, and share with their, their hiring managers, but you, know, you don't want an entire company or an entire team of people just like you. If you've got an entire team, an entire company of people just like you, how are you going to come up with new ideas? How are you going to be innovative? How are you going to have one leg up on the competition? So bringing in people from various industries who are going to be able to think outside the box and maybe come up with some ideas that seem incredibly crazy at the time, but are doable. That's where I've seen the most success. So, you know, many times clients will come to us and say, nope, they absolutely have to come out of this space. And nine times out of 10, you know, after a few conversations and and showing them various candidates, we're able to get them to understand that, hey, you know, dependent on the individual, people bring different skill sets and different qualities, uh, you know, to the role. Um, So it's really about the individual and their background and and what they can provide, um, you know, the company and, and what the company can provide them versus them just coming out of one particular, you know, sector or industry is going to prove to be, you know, much more successful, at least from what I've seen in my 15 years of experience and working with companies throughout, you know, retail, CPG, again, you know, pharma, adult bev and so forth. Well, Liz, this has been a really, really uh, enlightening conversation. I'm really happy uh, that you could take the time to join me on the show. And, um, you know, definitely want to want to keep in touch with you, you know, as, as this industry grows and to see, you know, what trends have sort of emerged from a recruitment standpoint. I really thank you for your time. Absolutely, TG. Thank you. And thank you so much. And happy to keep in touch and excited as well to see how things progress. Again, this th- that was Liz Gale. Thank you so much, Liz. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, TG Brandfall.